0: Welcome to ALC's Sermon of the Week. In this week's message, Pastor Jared Pollard talks about following the new thing that God is doing despite the present circumstances. How is everybody doing today? Are we doing good? Halfway. This, this part's really good. The front row's really good over here. All of you guys are okay? Good? Somewhat? There we go. There's a little bit of volume. So glad that you guys are here. And in case you don't think we're serious, the miracle tent is open the entire service. Just in case you don't think that we're being serious, okay? Pastor John, wave your hand. You'll pray like forever, right? All night long. He'll do it all night long. I, it probably won't take all night long, but about three minutes. There we go. That's pretty easy. That's not so bad. That's kind of like a microwave dinner. Three minutes. Nothing wrong with that. So is everybody good today? Are we comfortable? Are we happy? Isn't this the most beautiful day that we could have ever asked for? I mean, it is awesome out here. I know it's really comfy. Please don't take a nap in the grass during my sermon. So it'll be a great day. All right, everybody stand up real quick. Stand up really quick and look around. Isn't it good to see people here? Isn't it good to see people here that the body of Christ still matters, right? Take a look around and smile. Get happy just for a second. Look at somebody that you like and and be happy. There we go. I thought Greg was waving at me there for a second. I feel a little little put out. All right, you guys can have a seat. And this is what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about a new thing. Everybody say, God is doing a new thing. Let's say it one more time. Say, God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing in us. He's doing a new thing in our nation. He's doing a new thing in the world. He's doing a new thing in the church. If you look at Isaiah 43, it says, Behold, I am am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see what is going on? I don't know about you guys, but there's a lot of stuff going on. I look at it. I don't understand it. But there is one thing that is constant in me. God is doing a new thing. It doesn't matter how good what we're looking at is, doesn't matter how bad it is, it is a new thing that the Lord is doing and he's trying to change things for us today. And this is kind of, kind of be a weird beginning, but I want you guys to think back to January. I heard a pastor do this on one of the podcasts that I listened to, and it was really eye-opening for me, and actually, it helped my attitude. Does anybody need help with their attitude today? I need help with my attitude a lot, because it's really easy to get, get downtrodden or get depressed during this time, and he said he went back, and I did this myself, to his journal from the beginning of January. And this was his prayer, and this is similar to what I prayed. Lord, I want you to shake our nation. I want you to shake this world so that we can turn to you, so that we can be changed. We can have revival in this nation. God, give us an opportunity for a new thing. Did anybody else pray anything like that at the beginning of the year? Yeah. I think something inside of us... Oh, Chris is like, it wasn't me. (laughs) It's my fault. Okay, so... What I think we thought was revival's going to come and everybody is just going to join in what we were already doing, right? I think that's what we thought. That's what we thought. But this is what I want to say to us. What we were doing was good, right? We loved church. Church was great. We saw miracles. We saw salvations. And here in Springfield, in the United States, in other countries, it was awesome. But God is still wanting to do a new thing. It doesn't make what we've done before bad. It means that he has something even better than what we've seen. Even better. And we've seen some pretty amazing stuff. That means that what is about to come is going to be ridiculous. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be so good. I've got a little bit of a lengthy passage. I don't wanna scare you guys. We're gonna be in the, in the Old Testament. I know some of you guys are like, I'm not sure I can handle an Old Testament story. In the grass outdoors, but I really think this is going to be something great. So if you've got a device or something, let's turn to Genesis chapter 26. Genesis chapter 26. It starts like this. It says, now there was a famine in the land. Does anybody think we have a famine in the land? Yeah. So we've got a pandemic. It's not quite the same, but it is still a a pestilence, you could say. Uh, I saw a meme that said, uh, when when you're wanting to social distance, instead of saying, I'm social distancing and I'm trying to stay away from people, it was, you have to say it in a more heroic way of, I'm going to stay inside the fortress until the scourge and the pestilence has been removed from the land. It makes it sound a little bit more royal, right? A little bit more like you're a knight or something. That's, that's how a lot of us feel. We've got this pandemic that's going on. There is a famine. There is dryness. There is depression. I'll be the first to say that this time has not been easy for me. It has not been easy to, to feel refreshed, to have joy in the Lord. And I am supposed to be leading you guys in worship. And I've got to find joy to lead you guys in worship, Right. But I can tell you that that joy is still my strength. It's a little bit harder to find sometimes, but that joy is still my strength. So he's doing a new thing. Even though he's doing that new thing, his promises are still true. The new thing does not negate what the Lord has promised to us. It doesn't change it. It doesn't mean that God isn't going to come through for us. It just means that it is going to look different. It is going to look different. Natalie and I are flipping a house right now. My wife, where'd she go? She's here. She's way there in the back. Everybody wave at my wife, Natalie. Awesome. She loves it when I point her out in front of everybody. It's her favorite thing. We are flipping a house right now, and We're doing a new thing is what we're doing in the process of doing a new thing. There is a promise that we are going to finish the house, right? Has anybody here ever flipped a house? Okay. So when you get to this thing called flooring, have you ever found a surprise in a house that you're flipping anybody? Okay. So we're flipping this house. It looks great. Looks like it's gonna be easy. We're just gonna rip up the old carpet and the old tile in the kitchen and then we're gonna put things down. What we didn't know is that there were four layers of linoleum and two subfloors underneath in the kitchen. Four layers of linoleum. So much so that the ceiling height is seven foot seven. It's supposed to be eight feet, but it is seven foot seven. So it is weird. And we were great when we knew that we were doing a new thing. We just didn't realize how much was gonna have to change for that new thing to happen. We didn't know how many layers were underneath. I don't think we've understood how many layers there are underneath what we have been doing that could be preventing us from doing a new thing. We don't know what is underneath there. And I think God is trying to open us up so that we can see, all right, he's doing a new thing, and if I don't leave this behind, I'm going to miss it. If I don't leave my tradition behind, I'm going to miss it. If I don't leave some of my preferences behind, I'm going to miss it. I'll be honest with you guys. I would love it if we did worship for like an hour and a half at the beginning of a service. But how hard is it to watch a service on your couch? And what if we were singing music for an hour and a half? How many of you guys would take a nap? It would be me if somebody else was doing that. So there are things, there are traditions, preferences that we have had to let go So that he can do that new thing, but the promise is still true. The promise that God has given us is still true. Behold, I have set before you a great open door. It is still true for us. It just looks different than we thought it was going to be. It just looks different. If you look in Genesis 26, it says, There was a famine in the land besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, and the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land of which I shall tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and to your offspring I will give all these lands. I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham your father. I will multiply the os- your offspring as the stars of the heaven. I will give your offspring these lands, and in your offspring, all of the nations shall be blessed. God had given a promise to Abraham, and even though Abraham had already died, and Isaac was doing somewhat of a stupid thing that we're going to find out here in a moment, the promise that God made was still true. It was still in effect, so what has God promised us that is still true? Who, who would agree that life has changed? Life is different, okay? Life is not what we knew it to be before, but the promises are still true. If you look at Matthew 11, it says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. There is still rest in the Lord. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. These are promises that Jesus has given us. Let's do this for just a second. Close your eyes for a moment, and let's raise our hands. Give thanksgiving to God for the promises that he's given us that are still true. Come on, let's get loud this morning. Come on, speak it out this morning. shout it this morning that the promises of God are still true. We have to remember that the promises he he has given us are true. If not, we will miss the new thing that God is doing. We will get so off focus that we will miss the new thing that God is doing. What Isaac was experiencing, he was in the promised land already, and there was a famine. Okay, Abraham had already done all of this. And Isaac is like, all right, I'm going to go towards Egypt Egypt was a promise of the Nile, is really what it was. There was a famine all across this region during this time, but Egypt had the Nile and the Delta there that kept their crops available. So it was easy for Isaac to just look at Egypt and say, that's the place that we got to go. Because if we don't go there, we will not be provided for. I think we have all sorts of things like that with us right now. The government is making money. They're printing money now. They're not just giving us money. They're printing money so that more of it will be available. Our jobs are making us promises. The school systems are making us promises. Uh, People are making us promises. Family are making us promises. And if we're not careful, we rely on those more than the promises that God has given us. And if we rely on those promises more than God, we will miss the new thing. We have to turn from there. And then Isaac goes on. He goes by. He gets the promise, and he makes a big old mistake, okay? And the oldest mistake in the book, for him anyway. He goes to Gerar, to Abimelech, and he says that his wife is really his sister so that he doesn't get killed. Now, for some of you, you're like, that's the weirdest scripture I've ever heard in my life. But what's funny is this has already happened two two times previous with Abraham, He literally did the exact same thing that Abraham had done with the exact same person in the exact same country and thought that he could get away with it. He made a big old giant mistake. We are going to make mistakes along the way. I'll say it, I have made mistakes along the way. In my personal life, I've made mistakes in planning for youth group. We've made mistakes in our church services, but not because we're trying to be ignorant, because we are searching for what God is going to do. The Lord appeared to Isaac and he said, Do not go to Egypt. Sojourn in this land, wait in this land, tarry in this land, and I will bless you. Our mistakes are not going to negate the promises, nor are they gonna negate the blessings. So everybody close your eyes again. I do this all the time, I'm sorry. Please don't fall asleep. Close your eyes again and think for just a moment, there has been something, and I, I really feel like God is putting this on my heart for people here today and people on the live stream. There may be something, a mistake or an oversight that you have made during this pandemic that you have been carrying with you everywhere. The Lord is telling you to forgive yourself because he is going to forgive you. And you do not have to be defined by that mistake anymore. And the second we stop being defined by that, we position ourselves to experience a new thing. Everybody say, God is doing a new thing. Let's smile a little bit when we say that. Let's get happy again. Everybody say, God is doing a new thing. It is good. It's good that he's doing a new thing. It's exciting that he's doing a new thing. It's just different than we thought it was going to be. It's so different than we thought it was going to be. But that's okay. It's okay that it's different. It's okay that we've messed up. His promises are still true. It's all right for us to seek God. It says in Romans chapter 2, that his kindness leads us to repentance. What we're doing as a church staff is we are examining everything that we are doing and asking God, is this what we're supposed to do? It is not rude of God to point out when we are doing something wrong. It is not, uh, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. We have to make sure that we're not willing to die on the altar of stubbornness to keep what we've loved before. Again, what we did before, it was good, right? Say, what we did before was good, but God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing in the church. He's doing a new thing in you. You might not believe that he can, but I promise you, God is doing a new thing in you. Sorry, I keep tapping my iPad, and it's making my notes disappear. All right, so we've got this. I started with the idea of a new thing. God is doing that new thing. It says in Isaiah, I did it again. Here we go. In Isaiah chapter 43, it says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert says he will make a way in the wilderness and he will make a river in the desert. I think if you look at the passage that we're looking at in Genesis 26, the Lord tells Isaac to sojourn, to wait, to stay where he's at in a land that does not belong to him. And then he tells him, I want you to sow into this land. I want you to plant. I want you to live here. I want you to stay here until I tell you to go somewhere else. The land doesn't belong to him. I don't know about you guys. I grew up in a rural area. If I went on somebody's land and did not tell them that I was there, they would probably approach me with a rifle and tell me to get out, to, to move along. Okay. So he's in a land that does not belong to him, and he's sowing. And in that famine, there was, it didn't change. The famine was still there. Isaac and his people reaped a hundredfold of what they had sown. One hundredfold. That is crazy, that means 100 times. If they planted one seed, they got 100 of the fruits from that one seed. I mean, that is crazy, it's ridiculous. So much so that the people in Gerar got jealous of his success and made them leave made them go, and the Lord led them somewhere else. This is what I'm trying to say with this story. I know it's a little weird to preach from a a passage like this in Genesis 26, but I think this is a picture, uh, and actually, I'll go ahead and say this. This was a prophetic word that was given to me for something completely unrelated to this. But when I was reading it in relation to that, God made this jump out to me that this is where we as the church are right now. We are on a journey We're in a land, perhaps, we're in a place that is not where we are supposed to stay. This is not the end game. But the Lord is telling us to sow anyway. To give of ourselves anyway, to give of our time, to give of our money, to sacrifice for him and put our trust fully in him instead of anyone else or anything else. And when that happened, the Lord prospered them. The main thing that I have seen of this pandemic is it has polarized people. It has polarized people in politics. It's polarized people in church. You've got these different doctrines. You have these different things that are being emphasized that honestly are a giant distraction to what God is trying to do. He is trying to show us that new thing. And the devil doesn't need us to go the opposite direction. He just needs us to get off course a little bit. To, it's not necessarily a bad thing what we're doing, but it is not where God wants us to go in that moment. It's not where he is trying to take us. What I'm trying to say is that the way in the wilderness and the river and the desert just aren't here yet. They're just not here yet, and that is okay. We, uh, my wife and I played at my cousin's wedding last night. It was our second quarantine wedding, quarantine party. I don't know what you call that. So it was our second wedding during this weird time, um, And it was a little bit of a drive. And if you've ever been in the car with my wife, Natalie, you'll know that she doesn't do well. She dehydrates herself before so that she doesn't have to stop to go to the bathroom every 10 minutes. And then what she does is she will ask every five minutes, how long has it been? How long have we been in the car? How many more miles are there? Can we stop? I really need to go to the bathroom. And she'll do this over and over. At one point last night, she looked down at the clock and she said, It's only been 10 minutes. And she like she legitimately looked upset. But the reality is that we were on our way to our destination. It's really easy to get caught up in those emotions of, I just want to be there. I just want to get where God is going. I want to arrive. Can somebody, you know... This is how I pass the time. Pastor Ben makes fun of me. I pass the time in the car by sleeping. I will sleep, and it doesn't matter if I slept the full night before. I can sleep in a car for hours, and it makes that trip really fast. He probably is a little frustrated when we're going to Pastor's University again in a couple weeks, um, and he probably gets frustrated because he needs somebody to talk to. He's just in awe that I can fall asleep anywhere, anytime. Uh, Mission trips, I've never had trouble sleeping in another country. It's wonderful. It's an amazing gift from the Lord. I think it's anointing from the Lord to sleep like that. So it's, oh, let's not trip here. So it's got uh, this idea that we are on the way and we can't speed it up. We can't make God go any faster. We can't make the path any shorter. But what God does promise us in Proverbs 3 is that if we trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understandings, if we acknowledge him in all of our ways, he will make our paths straight. He will make our paths smooth. It does not remove the journey, but it gives us confidence in where we are going. If you guys would just close your eyes with me for a moment. And raise your hands if this, you. Raise your hand if you don't want to miss the new thing that God is doing. Yeah, everybody wants to be a part of the new thing. So this is the question. Are you trusting in something more than God? This is an amazing opportunity for you to turn from that thing. To turn away and to look to God as your one source. So I just want us to do that for a moment. Remember, it is his kindness that leads us to repentance. Things don't always make sense But I can promise you from personal experience that I have never had better results in my life than when I fully trust Jesus. No matter how hard I work, no matter what I do, it never works unless I am fully trusting in Jesus. So with every eye closed, I just want to give this as an opportunity. If you are a Christian, if you've already given your life to God, just take this moment and confess your trust in him. Confess your trust in the Lord. He is good. He is making a way in the wilderness. He is making a river in the desert this morning. And with every eye closed, just for a few more moments, maybe you have never trusted in Jesus, but you now know, you recognize the Lord is working in your life and that there is no other solution than Jesus. I just want to take this opportunity. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I really believe that God is working here. If that is you, you've never trusted in Jesus, and you want to trust in him today, I just want you to raise your hand. You've never trusted in him. And this goes for the live stream. Maybe this is for somebody on Facebook. You have never trusted in God, or maybe you've turned away from God. today, right now, this is the opportunity for the Lord to work in you. Thank you, Jesus. If that's you on Facebook, I want you to comment on our live stream and we would love to get in touch with you. If that's you today and maybe you're just too afraid to raise your hand, come and talk to me after the service. I promise I'll put a mask on um, and we can have a great conversation about the Lord and what he's wanting to do in your life. God, we just thank you today that you are doing a new thing that you are making us into a new creation. You are changing every bit of us to match the direction that you are going right now. God, we choose to surrender to you today and to put our trust in you fully. Thank you, Lord, for working in us. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful morning and pray that we can continue to trust you as we move forward during this time. We will sojourn in the land. We will sow. We will sacrifice. And Lord, you will bless us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Sermons are livecasted every Sunday, 10 a.m. Central, on Facebook and YouTube. Find out more about us by visiting our Facebook page or visiting our website at Abundant.us.